Welcome to Jyotish Conversations, a weekly series presented by Pujanet, P-U-J-A dot N-E-T, your Vedic resource on the web. Each week we feature a half-hour conversation with a leading practitioner of Jyotish, Vedic Astrology. Our goal is to make this ancient knowledge interesting, understandable, and somewhat less mysterious. So here's this week's show, and thanks for listening. Well, good morning, Mark. This is a pleasure to welcome you to the uh, Jyotish Conversations program. And Glad it's you could be good with to us. be welcomed, Ben. Good. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I want to point out to our listeners, or my listeners, that um, Mark was my first astrological teacher, and put that in quotes, because my initial introduction to astrology first came back uh, in the very late 70s, at the end of the 70s, when Mark and I worked together at a job that we didn't particularly care for, so we used to spend our afternoons talking about astrology instead of doing what we were supposed to be doing. In other words, goofing off. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I, I specifically remember this conversation after you had moved out to California when you said, you know, I've been studying Hindu astrology called Jyotish, and it's really cool. And uh, so that, again, got me into it. And uh, you introduced me to the person that was my biggest uh, influence as a teacher, K.N. Rao from Delhi. For us both. Absolutely. Great, 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 great uh, educator as, uh, as far as astrology goes. And um, one of the things that I know that Mr. Rao um, teaches, and I know it's something of a specialty for you, is the Jaimini system, using the Jaimini system to cross-check an astrological um, prediction. Uh, most of the astrology that, at least that I, well, I think that most people learn, at, at least initially, is based on the Brihat Parashara Horashastra. Correct. And then Jaimini is a complementary system, but works on... Um, a, a dramatically different foundation. Very uh, much so. So maybe the best place to start would be for you to describe Jaimini in, you know, a, 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 gra- ten, a vastly simplified, left, right? yeah, vastly <laughs> simplified form. Right. You know, maybe just a little background here. Like any tradition of knowledge, um, Jodish has different schools of thought. Mm -hmm. Uh, Three primary ones, actually. And you mentioned that the Parashri system in the modern era is almost synonymous with the way people do Jyotish. But um, the Jaimini system is every bit as rich. I think it just kind of fell into disuse for a period of time. And it's actually been one of Kay and Rao's, this teacher of ours that you've mentioned, um, mission in life to... Uh, revive it, and actually, he doesn't even use it as a cross-check system anymore against the Parashri, But he does his predictions in astrology primarily in Jaimini, oh. not having as maybe a great a facility with it as him. I'm still using it more as a cross-check to the Parashri system. But mm-hmm. back to your question about you know what makes the Jaimini system radically different in its techniques and approach than the Parashri, uh, it starts with the idea that you know every planet will fall at some degree within a sign. Each sign has 30 degrees. Each planet um, in Jaimini Jyotish takes on a special designation based on its uh, particular uh, order of degrees in the sign. Let me give you an example. The planet that has the highest degree 
of any planet, excluding Rahu and Ketu, the north and south nodes of the moon. Mm -hmm. planet with the highest degree is designated as the Ataman Karaka, or in other words, the indicator of self. Right. And the Prashri system would be like the first lord of the first house of the horoscope. It represents the individual, right? Right. The planet with the seventh highest degrees, irrespective of sign, that is the planet with the lowest degrees, any sign is referred to as the Dara Karaka. Karaka just means significator. Dara, in this case, means spouse. And just to pursue that thought, you know, the planet with the fifth highest degrees is called the Putra Karaka, which is means ch child or, or son, Putra. Mm -hmm. uh, planet with the third highest degrees is referred to as the Vratra you know, Karaka, which just means sibling or brother. Right. Planet with the fourth highest degrees is said to signify mother, you know, and so on and so forth. So uh, the planets take on a sort of a special signification based on their degrees and their order of degrees with each other, highest to the lowest. Was that, did that make any sense? Oh, abs <laughs> ab no, absolutely. And, and it's, it's uh, I think, in in uh, from a strictly Parashara standpoint, if you're going to talk about children, you look at, the ruler of the fifth house and determine the strength of the fifth house and so on. Right. But, um, uh, or perhaps you would use Jupiter as significator of a sun. Um, sure. Well, let's back up a little so bit. So this Obviously, is different. So this is, this is working with number of degrees and, and then any individual planet can be the representative of that. Right. So what is a birth chart? The birth chart represents our karma. You know, mm -hmm. it's based on the idea we've had prior existence, and based on that prior existence, we've created certain karmic effects, some of which are due to manifest in a particular lifetime. And so, you know, you mentioned if you're going to evaluate your potential karma related to children in the Prashri system, you'd be looking at the fifth house and the fifth lord primarily. Mm -hmm. um, in Jaimini, one of the things you'd be looking at is the planet with the fifth highest degrees. Right. Likewise, in the Prashri system, if you're evaluating your karma with relationships or marriage, you'd be evaluating the seventh house, the seventh lord. In Jaimini, you're evaluating the planet with the seventh highest degrees. So there's that aspect of that makes it unique from Prashri. The other thing is that uh, people are used to running periods. The, the, the aspect of astrology that shows you when particular karma is going to manifest is referred to as dashas. And in the Prashari system, the familiar Prashari system, the dashas are planets. So, you know, we'd speak in terms of I'm running the Jupiter dasha, you're running your Saturn dasha, and an evaluation of the karma during the period would be made on that basis. In Jaimini, the dashas are actually signs. So I would be said to be running the period at the moment of Taurus versus that of a planet. Right. And the evaluation about what karmas likely to become manifest or do during this time uh, would be evaluated based on looking at Taurus in an individual's chart. So um, both the dashas and the special characters are going to be unique to every chart. Like, I forget, what's the highest, what's the planet with the highest degree in your chart, Ben? Oh, you would ask me that when I don't or, have or my the, chart in front of me. Or the planet with the remember. lowest degree. Is it, is no, it, is it, is it Saturn? It, yes, it probably it is Saturn, yes. In which case, Saturn in your chart would be designated your Dharakaraka, that is your indicator spouse. Mm -hmm. Whereas in, in um, uh, well, actually in my chart, my Saturn is the lowest degree too. Let's take another example. My, my moon is, is at 25 degrees. It's the highest of degrees of any planet in the chart. It becomes my Atmakaraka. 
So, but in somebody else's chart, the point I'm making is that it's quite likely that another planet's going to take that status. Mm -hmm. So these significators or karakas are going to be unique to each chart. And, of course, the dasha system that you're going to run and the length of each dasha is going to be unique to each chart versus in the Prashri system, when, when anybody's running the sun period, it's always six years. If anyone's running the Venus period, it's always 20 years. Mm -hmm. So um, it is quite different and quite unique, and the style of analysis interpretation then is unique as well. Absolutely. So, you know, maybe give people a little feel for this. You know, we've joked about the fact that, um, first of all, astrological clientele, at least in my experience, about 80% women, <laughs> okay. right? And um, the question that they're asking more for most frequently is about their relationships, right. particularly if they're not in a relationship and they're desirous of having that coming in their life. I think we've joked before that, um, you know, when people come to a consultation, their two things are upper, uppermost in their mind, their money and their honey. <laughs> <laughs> right. So um, we get a lot of questions about uh, the, the honey, especially in terms of when is my honey going to come? And um, this is where I've found Jaimini and its techniques to be particularly useful. And I've probably had my most predictive success based on um, using this technique. I, as you know, I once wrote an article called The Mighty Mouse mm -hmm. of Matchmakers. I was referring to the fact that the Jaimini Dharakarika indicating the spouse is the planet with the lowest degrees. All right? So it's small as a mouse that way. But it's uh, mighty in terms of being able to answer this frequently asked questions. And the technique is actually uh, fairly simple. Mm -hmm. You just look in the chart and to see which sign contains that planet who is designated as the Dharakarika, the planet with the lowest degrees, indicator of spouse. So in your case, for example, Saturn is your Dharakarika, indicator of spouse. It's in the sign Libra. Correct. So anytime a person ran a Libra major period or a Libra sub-period, Libra sub-period, that could be a time when it could basically say significant for them relationship-wise. And if they're at an age when this typically happens, then marriage could come in that period or sub-period. Or um, the sign opposite of it, in which case the Dharakarak would fall in the seventh house from there. The seventh house in Jyotish always has the signification of relationships. So say you were running the Aries period from where your Saturn, Dharakarak, indicator spouse, falls in the seventh house. That Aries period or sub-period could be significant relationship-wise as well. Mm -hmm. Now this is also, this principle is also, and it gets a little more complicated here, um, you know and Jyotish uses these divisional charts that are, mathematical derivations of the main birth chart and they're also looked at to answer specific questions and there's a, a divisional chart called the Navamsha, or the ninth division that's used to look at this whole question of the timing of marriage and relationship karma. So you have to see the Dharakarak or the indicator of spouse in the Navamsha and what signs in, in it is in as well. Um, you know, this could um, be significant. Maybe we we'll use a quick example here in, in the article that I mentioned, The Mighty Mouse of Matchmakers, very famous couple, John and Jackie Kennedy. Mm -hmm. you know, and if you look at uh, Kennedy's chart, it's very obvious which planet is the lowest degrees. His Jupiter is at uh, like 0 degrees 52 minutes of Taurus. So in his chart, it takes on the status of this you know, dark arc indicator spouse. And um, we look. So one thing. One thing. Let me interrupt you for a moment. Here. Yeah, just, sure. Just want to um, 
make sure that people who are listening know that the chart itself is calculated the same way. Um, I mean, it's, it, not, you know, it's, it's not a different chart, right? It's not a, it's not a, it's the same birth chart. It's just being interpreted on the basis of these different. factors instead of others. So it represents, I mean, it to which, and this has always to me been one of the most fascinating parts of Jaimini is with the exact same calculation of the birth chart, two totally different ways of interpreting it. And in this case, you know, what you're pointing out is looking at relationships, you take the, you determine the karaka, the representative of that, the planet with the lowest degrees, and then see where it is in the birth chart and see where it is in the marriage chart, in the Navamsha. Right. Good clarification. So, you know, getting back to my example, I, I mentioned that in uh, John F. Kennedy's chart, his Jupiter, which is like at zero degrees, 15, two minutes of Taurus, takes on this status of being the DK or the Darakarak or the indicator right. spouse. He wed Jackie in September 12 of 1953. If you look at, there's a, there's a Dasha in Germany called Chara Dasha. Dasha just means changing. Because um, you know it's it's always changing and it changes you know uh, who's running what dasha changes from chart to chart. So if you look at the chara dasha during that period that he married, he was running the major period of Pisces. Mm -hmm. Of course, if you look at his chart, Pisces is his seventh house. The, <laughs> the house of and of course, Pisces ruled by Jupiter. Jupiter, who's in this case the Darakar. So if you, you want to try to get a, a, an explanation of why he would marry at this time from the Jaimini point of view, mm -hmm. you know, the Jaimini astrologer would point to the idea, well, he's running Pisces. It's the seventh house of his chart, and it's also um, the, the sign that is ruled by his Darakarika. Okay. Then, and this is where you see the principle demonstrate itself very clearly based on what I was talking about before, the sub-period that he was running at that time was Scorpio. Now, you have to understand his Jupiter, the Darakarka, is in Taurus. Mm -hmm. So I said that, you know, the sign in which the Darakarka is or the sign that is seventh from it. Right. Scorpio would be opposite. Scorpio Taurus. would be opposite. So this is, again, very clear timing with respect to, um, I mean, that, 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 that period and sub-period was predictable of one that could produce marriage, and in this case did. Um, just to give everybody sort of a feel for that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, another couple, I don't know, is our audience primarily American, Indian, what? <laughs> uh, it's all over the place, but uh, okay. so whatever examples you want to use, I'm sure it's going to be fine. Yeah, so, you know, the next, I just scrolling down to the article, mm -hmm. the next couple I used was sort of a Hollywood couple that made a lot of headlines at the time, Burt right. Reynolds sure. and, and Lonnie Anderson. Um, they married back in um, April of 1988. God, I'm dating myself here, aren't I? Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, in the case of uh, uh, Burt Reynolds, his Mercury is the planet with the lowest degrees. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, if you look at where his uh, Mercury is in his birth chart, it's in Capricorn. And you'll note that the sub-period that was going on at that time was Capricorn, the sign containing the Darakaraka. Just again, you know, another illustration. It's most straightforward when a person marries in the period or sub-period of a planet, of a sign that contains 
the Dharakarak itself. I think that's the clearest example to understand. You know, so I highlight that one. And um, you know, and, you, do you and and do you reckon, do you remember the article uh, hmm? well enough to know what what Lonnie Anderson's Dharakarka was? Yes, um, in her chart, the Dharakarka uh, planet that becomes the Dharakarka is um, Jupiter. Hmm. She was running Pisces. Hmm. There you go again. Okay, ruled by Jupiter. And, um, you know, the sub-period um, was uh, Virgo. The well, first thing, in the, the first thing, uh, <clears throat> I guess... Op- so, opposite, opposite, you know, Virgo opposite being opposite Pisces, so... Yeah, good clarification. Yeah. If you look in her Navamsha, the marriage chart, mm-hmm. the first house and seventh house is the Pisces-Virgo's polarity. Um, right. So it's pretty straightforward. Sure. That, that gets that's just a little different angle on it, but it, it uh, illustrates how that period of Pisces Virgo could be very significant from her um, for timing marriage for her. Still more significant is the fact that the Tarakark or Jupiter falls along this axis in the birth chart. Sure, sure. Yeah, again, it's, it's sort of the same idea. So there's a couple of examples, and um, you know you, these things can be identified relatively easier by an astrologer, um, whereas sometimes, you know, uh, times in the Prashri system, it, it gets more complex. And it's a little more complex in Jamie here, too, but uh, the principle is very simple, and sometimes it plays itself out in a very straightforward sort of way. And I could go on and on here. We got Sunny and Cher, and, you know, I, I, I bring out any number of examples, but I think uh, people get the idea and the point. Yeah, and it's a brilliant, I mean, it's such a brilliant um, and, and very seemingly very direct way uh, to predict these things. It's interesting you use that word. Rasra was always saying it's, 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 things come out very brilliantly in, um, in Jaimini at times. Right. We both know that Jodish is complex and it doesn't always play itself out in this very simple, straightforward way. But when it does, it's just kind of breathtaking, actually. Oh, yeah. you, know, you, you, know, you can time it like this. And as it I said, go ahead. Well, in the article, I start out by giving, um, you know, f- famous examples of famous colors, same uh, famous couples, where there wasn't a prediction involved. It's right. retrospective analysis, sure. which, which, as you know, you know, any any astrologer can do <laughs> retrospective analysis. What I try to show then is I give a number of charts where actual predictions were made in advance, mm-hmm. uh, showing how the t- technique can be applied. But anyway, I think you had a question there. Well, I was uh, uh, asking um, if it if you've had experience where the you know um, Prashra I find um, does fairly well predicting the first marriage, the second or subsequent marriages I, I always find rather difficult to see. Does Jaimini have have you seen success? With multiple marriages or you know consecutive well, marriages. Yeah, that's a good question. I'll just you know I just I just had this experience last week. A a woman uh, was referred to me for a consultation, and um, she has uh, had a history in her life of of instability in her relationship life. Mm-hmm. In other mm-hmm. words, relationships have come and go, uh, come and gone. And uh, but she felt that she learned a lot. She's kind of a midlife person, and 
feels that you know she's more capable of, of being in a relationship that could go the distance just from her own psychological standpoint. And of course, her question, which I anticipated, <laughs> because the right, question right. that I always get was, you know, is there anything on the horizons mm-hmm. this way? And fortunately, very legitimately, I could um, mark a period beginning September of 08 here, just around the corner, running for about a year, when she was running the sub-period of a stunning containing her Dharakarika, mm. and uh, told her that then I saw that this period could be very fruitful in terms of bringing um, a very serious relationship in her life. Then I asked her about a previous time in her life when she was running a similar period, and she said, yes, at that time, I met and was involved with the person who I now consider to be the greatest love of my life to date. Ah. So to have pinpointed that period in retrospect, you know, gave her great hopefulness in regards to the period coming up because I was drawing the similarity between them. Now, earlier you mentioned about the idea of, um, you know, you can cross-check periods using different systems that then can make the, um, <coughs> excuse me, the predictive accuracy more powerful. Because if you're using two, it's like you've got an equation to solve, Mm -hmm. and if you solve them through two different, entirely different methods, but then you arrive at the same answer, you feel pretty good about your answer. Right. So in the same way with Jodish, if you've identified a period as potentially fruitful as far as being a relationship giving, if you then look at it in another system, and it's kind of indicating the same thing, that increases your confidence that you're seeing a definite trend that's going to happen. In her case, you know, uh, in the Prashri system, two planets that are strongly connected in the Navamsa, that period and sub-period, mm-hmm. whatever it is, becomes potentially very fruitful relationship-wise, and that turned out to coincide with exactly the other, the period that I'd outlined in Jaimini, mm-hmm. same, same timing. And actually, Mr. Rao teaches a third dasha, another planetary-based dasha called Yogini, that you can get a third check with, which is what he taught us all his students to do. And when, again, I'm considering this question of timing of relationship and even marriage, I'm checking it in three systems. And my analogy for this is that, you know, we've all been to Vegas or if we've been to Vegas or seen it on TV, you got the idea of the slot machine where the same system comes up, right? Sure. All all the way across the Lord, bing, 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 you hit the jackpot. Right. Yeah, exactly. If I've had any, um, actually, probably I've had more success predicting the timing of relationship than any other. And this is really, and I owe it to Mr. Rao, this is this, this triple check system that I use using these three different Dasha systems. Um, is the method that has enabled it to be, have some degree of success. I've had my failures, too, I must point out. Which um, Actually, I stopped predicting marriage because of the extreme disappointment I caused in a couple of cases where I predicted it and turned, didn't turn out to be the case. And boy, did I hear about it. <laughs> so, now, were you, ever, were you able, in, in retrospect, to figure out you know why marriage didn't uh... well what i what I discovered is that these periods can come and and they usually are uh, reliable in terms of predicting relationship opportunities would present themselves right. but they wouldn't necessarily lead to marriage i in one case in particular i was feeling a little cocky after some success, and I got humbled. You know I said, oh definitely, I could see this period bringing marriage well it didn't, but I asked her well. You know, did were you dating? Did, did were men pursuing you? Did, mm-hmm. Were there romantic opportunities? And there were. It's just they weren't. Uh, they didn't. They weren't of sufficient interest to her 
the guys were interested in pursuing things more seriously. She wasn't. Right, right. So, yes, the period timed some, you know, manifestation of relationship karma. It didn't lead to a heart's desire. The good part of this story mm-hmm. is that, um, amazingly enough, several years later, she called me, all right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, won some input, and this time I did time a period that has led to a marriage that has proved to be very good and stable. So I re- had an opportunity to redeem myself. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. Right. Well, um, one other thing I wanted to ask you, because uh, in your article you have a little section, you talk about um, verifying the birth time. Right. Using using Jamie and um I, I I thought that, I think that's really fascinating. I think just something that people would be interested in, just having a quick outline of. Well, um, you know, the first thing to understand is that you know, and this is again, I, I thank K and Ralph for this. He never accepted a birth chart as being quote a birth, uh, uh, an accurate birth chart until it actually proved itself. Mm-hmm. Because even with recorded times. Um, they can be a little bit off, and sometimes if uh, the ascendant, which the, you know the whole chart, as you know, is is keyed and tied to whatever sign is on the first house, or what's called the lagna, right? Right. And if you're if you're got a, a very early degree of the sign or a very later degree, even a matter of a four to eight minutes in inaccuracy in the time could give an entirely different patterning. So well, I think anybody would, that's had kids knows that you know you, you may be watching for the time. It's really hard to. Sure. You know, determine what it is and even harder to remember it with what's going on. So, right. You know, birth times are always very approximate yeah, or suspicious so, anyway. Exactly. And you never, and so, you know, he would always, and I really admired him for this, um, being a conscientious person that he is, before he would ever give any predictions with regards to a chart, he would go through a process of verifying the chart, mm. which his, he had a, he had a you know, bold, confident way of doing it. He would, um, instead of asking you for, Things that instead of saying, "Well, give me a bunch of dates of significant events in your life, and I will check it out," right. he would start suggesting, "You know, this period should have brought this. This period should have brought that. Did this happen at this time?" He kind of like almost like, and then based on what they would say, he'd be able to verify if the chart was giving the correct results, such that he had a confidence that it was truly their birth chart. Not well, and, just, and the right, and the first time I met him, that's exactly what he did. Yes. And I remember just being stunned with, you know, how within the space of just a couple of minutes, he right. came, he he was able to outline or pinpoint right. uh, some very significant dates and times in my life and with just absolute accuracy. It's really quite fascinating. It was. And and he, he's he was very ast- good at it. <laughs> he's astonishing that way, yeah. really. And uh, I'll tell you a little incident once. You know, there was a time when he was uh, visiting San Diego here and he permitted me to sit next to him as he was doing a series of consultations with, with people that I knew and that I'd sort of lined up for him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one of them was um, a woman named Ariel Ford, who was Deepak Chopra's publisher at the time. Ah. Pub- publicist, I'm sorry, publicist. Right. And uh, he must have walked her through her life with, oh, I would say 20 events of, of a high degree of specificity. Right. And it was, uh, it was bordering on, uh, you know, it felt like it was in the twilight zone there. Yeah, or yeah. something, and really quite remarkable. I, in, a, in my own limited way at times, um, have attempted to um, emulate this, particularly with regards to timing past relationship periods, because it's one of the things I feel most confident about. 
And it can be uh, very good because it reassures the person, if you're correct, that you kind of know what you're talking about, actually. And Jodish is something that is credible. And, of course, if you fall fat on your face, it can be very embarrassing. <laughs> yes, of course, of course. Nothing teaches humility like Jodish. And, and I definitely have had both experiences. So, sure, sure, you know, you've sure. got to be honest about that. Right. Um, so, uh, so back to your question. Um, you know, that's a way in which, um, you know, Jaimini, using sort of the technique that I mentioned here, timing relationships through the use of the Dharakarka and, and the Charadashas, can be used to sort of verify um, a birth chart and potentially even rectify it. Now, let me give you a recent example of that that I'm working on. Um, you know, in the upcoming election, everyone's really curious about who's going to win and it created a lot of interest in the charts of uh, Barack Obama and John McCain. We've been fortunate as of late that the actual birth certificate of Obama has been published on the internet and it gives a recorded birth time of 724, which having played with it, I think it is, is in fact accurate. Uh, one of the ways I played with it was to see his marriage date and see how that played itself out in terms of this principle I've been talking about, and it played itself out perfectly. Wow. Now, in the case of John McCain, we still have controversy. There's no recorded time on his, on his birth certificate, and Mother has been at various times quoted as making statements of anywhere as early as 9 o'clock to as late as 11 o'clock. But still, it zeroes in on a probable time period, right? And so, you know, if that's the case, if he was born between 9 and 11 o'clock, he's going to have one or two uh, lagnas or first house or ascendants. Right. It's either going to be Virgo right. on the ascendant or it's going to be Libra. So, um, again, I, I drew up a series of life events, his, his two marriage events right. being one of them, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, see which of the two ascendants played out better with regards to timing his relationship using these techniques of Jaimini that I've talked about. Right. And it's clear to me, I mean, just in this one instance with regards to these, this one event, two events in his life because he's been married twice, the Virgo ascendant checks out very well, whereas the Libra, not at all. And then when you take a whole number of life events, particularly his uh, terrible experience, horrific experience as a PO1, uh, PO, POW um, uh, you know, uh, in the Vietnam War. In the Vietnam War, yeah. then um, I'm fairly confident at this point that it's it's Virgo versus Libra. Mm -hmm. uh, although I'm still still working on it and haven't completely uh, not ready to write an article yet, making a prediction based on that chart yet. But again, it can give our listeners a feel for how these things can be utilized to both verify a horoscope and, in some case. Um, distinguish it when there's a, a not accurate time and you only have an approximate time. Right, yeah, very useful, very useful. Takes some time and effort, but, um, you know, it's also kind of fun. It's like a puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now, um, uh, just to conclude, um, you have a, you end your article with a great saying. Do you remember uh, it? Yeah, I know you wrote the article a long time ago. No, I think something to the effect that the astrologers predict and God laughs. That yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah. You know, when, astro I, I, when astrologers predict, the gods laugh. Gods uh, laugh, right? Very because, funny. Uh, yeah, and uh, you know, I know I've been humbled so many times, yeah, and yeah. and made very aware of my limitations. Not so much the limitations of Jodish, but the limitations of practitioners. Um, that uh, you only have to keep in mind that uh, not to get too full of yourself with regards to this, because um, <clears throat> you'll be humbled. 
<laughs> indeed, indeed, <laughs> indeed. Well, this has been great. Our, our, our half hour has flown by. Thank you so much. I hope we can do this again. Oh, absolutely. It's been fun, Ben. Thanks. Okay.